With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the not-so-secure, not-so-top-secret um, maybe undisclosed locations throughout South Texas. This is the return of the Spurs Insider Podcast after a four-month hiatus. I am Mike Finger, columnist for the Express News, Jeff McDonald, beat writer for the Express News, and sports editor Nick Talbot are back to do this, um, I guess, long-awaited return. We have, uh, we actually had recorded a podcast in early March that never saw the light of day because a lot of things have changed. And I guess, Jeff McDonald, to start out with, what, wh- where are we now and where have we been? I've been at my house this whole time. That's what they told me to do, was to stay at my house and wear a mask and wash my hands. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been up to? Doing the same, trying to do our part to, uh, to get us through all of this. Uh, we've had a few people ask about the status of this insider podcast, and it just didn't feel like there was a lot to say for for a long time. We actually did a episode in early March, I believe it was the morning that Rudy Gobert tested positive in Oklahoma City, and that episode never saw the light of day. And thinking back to that, we were talking about how um, I think I think what we had said was. There might not be another NBA game this year with fans in the stands, and uh, by within you know a few hours of that, there were no NBA games at all. Um, so, you know, I, I I think there's a lot to get to in, in this podcast. I'm not sure quite where to start. Um, but let's but, start with let's start with where's Ringo? I miss Ringo. I haven't seen Ringo in like four months. I think he's on the Food Bank podcast today. Ringo has Ringo has been a star uh, of the Express News. Tom Orsborn, um, if we could uh, if we could bang Ringo's drums a little bit here. Um, <laughs> Volant Nick Nick, you can speak to this. Not when when this started and it became clear that there were no Spurs to cover. Everybody kind of had to change their routine and and uh, find new ways to get news in the paper and. And Ringo came to Nick Talbot and the and the news editors at the Express News and said he wanted to volunteer to to find a new beat and he jumped headfirst into a into the food bank beat and he's been a star. Yeah, you know, as soon as this thing hit, what was it, one or two days after, Tom said, "Hey, if there's any way I can help out news, because that's what he does, you know, he's always trying to find the beat." So he found himself a new beat and just kind of took that food bank thing and ran with it, and you know, that's been the biggest story for the express news uh, since this whole pandemic began. I mean, with those overhead drone photos that caught the attention of, you know, CNN and MSNBC and the New York times came out here and tried to do an article on it, but didn't do as good a job as Tom did, of course. So Tom's just doing Tom. That's what he does. And if anyone knows, he's just kind of a, uh, a workhorse that doesn't want to quit. And he's been on that food bank beat and, Luckily, uh, we're going to get him back here in a week. I'm pretty excited to have him back 
sports side. So the next time we do a podcast, the return of Ringo, that's what we're going to call it, the return of Ringo. But if, if the Athletic ever starts a food bank, they're coming after that guy, I think. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> Reporters report, and Tom always uh, just has been a, a natural uh, reporter, and he's, he's, he's made us proud. Um, one thing that's going on this week that hadn't been going on for most of our hiatus is uh, NBA teams are back together again uh, in the bubble and we, you put the word bubble in quotes because it's not quite as impermeable as I think the NBA would like it to be. But um, just to get back to NBA discussions, the uh, the Spurs are there. Greg Popovich is there, which is kind of interesting to some, maybe a surprise to some, even though I think most of us expected that he'd want to take part. LaMarcus Aldridge is not there. Tim Duncan is not there. But... The Spurs are conducting practices again. They are doing interviews with us via Zoom, including Greg Popovich. And I guess we can just start to talk about what, how, how surreal this all is and, and, and whether you guys think we are going to see NBA basketball by the end of the month like the NBA promises us. I think they'll start it, right? Like, I, I, I suppose there's some sort of nightmare scenario between now and July 30th where things go awry, but I, I think they'll start it. And I, I mean, it's sort of like on paper they have a pretty good plan in place. It, you just all it takes is one little, all it takes is one little drop of virus to get in there, and then it could cause a lot of problems. But I think they test so much. I think what Pop said was was it makes logical sense and it's true. He's probably safer in that bubble where everybody's being tested every other day and people that are testing positive are being uh, removed from the bubble, then he would be, you know, walking around San Antonio right now. I don't, even, I don't even think that is even, you know, debatable. Well, not to split hairs here, but he's safer in that bubble being tested every day than he would be walking around San Antonio every day. He, he's not safer than he would be sitting in his house. You know, there, there, there is a degree of risk there. And I don't I know, have you ever been to his house? I, I have not, but I assume that he's not letting uh, just random strangers in every night of the week. Um, and, I, and I think that's that's the not to be too flippant about it, but but that's the question that everybody from the NBA to MLB to uh, NHL, everybody who's who's volunteering to to take part in these quote unquote bubbles has to realize that their risk is going up just because they're going to be around people every day. And yes, that makes them like a lot of workers in America and a lot of people who also have to, you know, go out and see people, but it's understandable why certain players would opt out. And it's not a slam dunk that you go and you're safe. There's when you're around other people on the court, what have you? Um, I, I think it's legitimate to, uh, to, uh, for somebody to say that they they don't want to take part, and um, you know, there's been a couple NBA players. Our old friend Davs Bertans decided he didn't want to take part. Um, Avery Bradley isn't doing it. The 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 Spurs have decided that they are, um, including uh, Patty Mills has decided he's going to take part and donate all the money to uh, Black Lives Matter type charities in Australia. And I think that's that's been a great move for him. But I I think overall we kind of have to acknowledge that, like Jeff said, this might be a good plan on paper, but I'm not sure it's, it's, it's perfect in any way. Yeah. We're already seeing, we're already seeing some reports out there that uh, players are skipping out and 
leaving the bubble when they're not supposed to. And so, which was, which was obviously going to happen. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And just, it's on day one, we're already seeing it. So that that's where the, you know, the fear factor comes in for the, a lot of those players that opted out and I can correct me if I'm wrong. I think nine players total opted out. Um, so, you know, they have to do what's best for their families. So, you know, that's a lot of them had young kids or I think Avery Bradley, uh, you know, has a situation with his child where he's many immunocompromised and you have to do what's best for everyone involved. And that's what some players are trying to do. I I just think in the middle of all this, and we're going to get back to, um, to basketball eventually. And, and I think that's what everybody wants. Uh, we certainly want to cover games again and, and, write about basketball again. Um, But I think it's in order to do that, we kind of have to acknowledge that um, this, any type of plan like this is fraught with all kinds of perils. And um, it's, we we can be honest enough to say the NBA is doing this to pay the bills. I mean, that's why teams like the Spurs are invited. The, The Spurs four months later are still not championship contenders. They're not going to be the team that, is going to be standing at the end of this all, but teams like the Spurs were invited because more games, it's a, it's a way to fulfill TV contracts, things like that. And that's understandable that, that a money making any enterprise like the NBA wants to make its money. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel a little uneasy about all this uh, in the middle of everything that's going on in the country for, for leagues to be jumping back into it. Um, and I might, be alone in this podcast and thinking that, but uh, it's it's just I think part of the rest of the season is just fans and writers and players and coaches and everybody involved kind of having to deal with a little bit of uh, unease about the whole thing. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, they got to make it all the way to mid October without without serious incident to pull this off. So that, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done, but you, I, the odds might be stacked against it. I don't know. And the other thing is when. They had to put these these plans in place so far in advance that I think at the at the moment they were announcing these plans, I think the the situation on the ground and in the country seemed a little bit um, like everything spiked after that. Like like right. the, the day we did the the teleconference with Adam Silver where they officially announced this, it didn't really well. No, that day it did, but when the, the a couple of weeks earlier when the news kind of leaked what they were planning, it didn't seem like that big of a stretch because Florida wasn't like the biggest hotspot in the world at the time. Right. And then the, the situation on the ground has changed rapidly, which maybe we should have all seen coming. Um, but it, it, it wasn't, it was, it didn't seem quite as harrowing a prospect at the moment they announced it, that it does, you know, now. Right. Do do you, so I guess a, a natural progression from there is, um, was this a good thing that, not just that the NBA is doing this, um, we kind of covered that, but the, should the Spurs have been involved in this? Is this a good thing for the Spurs to be taking part in this, knowing that they're not going to be winning a, a title at the end of it? I have no, I have no strong feeling either way. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's fine. It's good anyway. practice, and they make money. That's kind of what the yeah. bottom line is, right? They're, they're in it to fulfill their final bit of their contract. I mean – and then it's think, good for like Dejounte Murray to get some more reps and Lonnie Walker to get more reps. Yeah, you know, think, then you're going to see what you have in the front court without Lamarcus there. That's that's about the only thing that's good out of it. 
I think the point you're getting at in your question is it is it um, you know is it worth the risk for for whatever gain you get out of it, which is not going to be a title, probably isn't going to be a playoff berth. Is is it is it worth the risk for those eight games for Dejounte Murray or uh, whatever Chemezi Metu does out there or, or whatnot? I think that's the question you're asking, and I don't I don't I, I don't know the answer to it. I mean, probably probably not. You know, I mean that what's health wise like you're risking help your health for for what but it 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 is a job and it it, i think you're risking that your life for money is basically what it comes down to yeah and i i think um the spurs if given the choice they would have wanted to take part if for no other reason then you know they're not going to Nick mentioned the local television contract they're not going to quite fill all their games there uh, but they're going to get close. And basically what happens is those, the money uh, owed to them rolls over to next year, however many they don't fulfill. Um, So, so, I mean, and that's, this is, this is, as our listeners know, it's a small market team uh, and highly dependent on not only revenue at the AT&T center, but from that, but on the the local TV contracts. And so, I mean, we have to be realistic and understand that, that these guys are running a business and, and if the league is playing games and the Spurs might as well play them too. Uh, but in, in terms of basketball, um, you guys both hit on it on the, on the upsides of seeing the younger guys play, um, developing for the future, that type of thing. How about, uh, just the idea of competing for what is now the goal of the, of the ninth spot in the, in the Western conference to, to, have a shot to prolong that 23 year uh, postseason streak is, is that something that seems reasonable to be shooting for right now? Sure. <laughs> sure. Why you're there, you might as well play to win it, I guess. It, 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 it would be interesting if you could like administer truth serum to everyone there on, um, uh, you know, on the team and like, do you, how, do you really want to be there for longer or do you right. just want to play your eight games and get out? And I, I mean, not just right. the Spurs, but just any team in that situation that's probably not going to win a title. Maybe when you're on the floor, that that adrenaline, that competitiveness um, sneaks in. Maybe it says something uh, negative about me that I'd be like, yeah, I can do probably a couple weeks of this and then I got to go home. That would be my kind of my personal approach to it. Um, but again, I've never been known for my competitiveness or uh, <laughs> uh, character or anything like that. That is, that is true. Um, no, but like you look at the Eastern Conference, and uh, we mentioned Dobbs earlier opting out, and the, the Wizards got invited, even though they're five games out of the eighth spot. Um, Bradley Beal's not going to play. It just seems ridiculous. I don't know why anyone with the Wizards would want to be around that uh, at all. But then you have other teams that are right, like Brooklyn is losing players left and right. There might be a situation where. In the new format, the eighth seed plays the ninth seed if they're within five games of each other. Um, does the do, if Brooklyn's playing Washington, like does either one of those teams want to win and have to stay around and play, you know, a, a seven game series against Milwaukee? I, I think it doesn't just have to be people of low character or low competitiveness to kind of look at that and realize: Do I want to stay at Disney World for another week where I can't leave my room, can't go out, can't do, do anything? Yeah, or do I want to see my kids? Or do I want to see my kids? Yeah, I forgot about kids. With the Wizards, it's almost most beneficial. They go 0-8 and drop below the teams that were above them in the draft. You know, the teams that didn't get there, they literally could go 0-8 and 
and improve their draft position because well, the that's, teams that's, aren't that's, they can jump them. I hate to edit my editor, but that's not true. The uh, no? the uh, the draft spots are fixed below the Orlando teams. Oh, that's right. You are correct. You are correct. I was just looking at the standings like if they lost all eight, but you the, are correct. The, the, the teams that did not go to – and that, that could be interesting to uh, Spurs fans as well, that the teams that did not go to Orlando – are locked into those bottom eight spots, I guess. So the worst that the worst team in uh, Orlando would get the ninth uh, worst, the ninth the ninth spot in the lottery odds. Um, that's how that works. And uh, so along those lines, um, I, what we talked about pre-pandemic on the on the Spurs Insider podcast, which is supporting uh, expressnews.com. I need to get back to that. Expressnews.com, the Spurs Nation newsletter, that is back again. Um, lots of good stuff on expressnews.com. There's there even non-Spurs related. A lot of people have been interested in our great coronavirus coverage um, and really highly recommend you help us out. It's great to support local news. But anyway, back to the, the Spurs Insider podcast before the pandemic, a big topic was always tank or not to tank. Uh, the value of getting that eighth playoff spot or going for the lottery. Uh, now you know you're going to Orlando and you're not going to have one of those eight worst, eight eight best lottery uh, spots. So you might as well give it a run. And and if you look at the standings, what the way this has to work out is if the Spurs finish in ninth. They probably play Memphis. They just have to stay within five games of Memphis, which they are four games behind them now, and basically do one game better than Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento in Orlando, and they can have that shot at Memphis for the eighth spot. Um, It seems sort of for the Spurs like a, a, a positive situation to be in because there's no real impetus to tank there's no real reason you don't improve your your draft standing that much by losing and and give it a shot and and if you can put yourself in that situation it's not outlandish to think you can make that jump just by basically one game and uh and prolong the longest postseason streak in in major professional sports i think their chances are better in this format than they were trying to battle their way from 12th to 8th and absolutely yeah, um, no that, doubt. That that said, though, if you had to rank the the, I think the four teams you mentioned that would be in the running for that ninth, um, uh-huh. I think I put the Spurs fourth out of the out of those. Maybe yeah. may, maybe ahead of Sacramento. I don't know, but Portland and New Orleans seem like uh, yeah. better bets for that than than the Spurs do to me. Their their odds are better because there's fewer games, which means fewer. Uh, variables. It's because, and, it's because so, I get to ninth instead of go all the way to eighth. That's why your odds are better. They I just they, well, they just have to go to ninth. And even if this if this format was in place where they just had to get to ninth over the course of a season, it'd be lower, right? Um, because they have more games to play. Now they don't have Marcus Aldridge anymore, uh, and that's a huge kind of detriment to them. But you know, it in in an eight game stretch, there have been eight game stretches even in this era where the Spurs haven't been great, where they've looked great. And, uh, you know, if they are the, I think there's going to be new factors that play into NBA action in the bubble in terms of 
Um, it's not just about talent anymore. I think it's about like who's handling the experience the best, who cares right. the most, that type of thing. Um, who's not out like trying to escape to uh, Epcot Center every night or wherever it is the kids go. Um, and, uh, and, you know, then there's also the whole COVID-19 factor of who stays healthy and who doesn't. Um, that from the very beginning, one scenario in the middle of all this that we had to reckon with was, you know, what uh, game one of the NBA finals, LeBron James and Anthony Davis test positive. Well, they have to sit for several games that can happen at any point in the season. So I think there's a wide, wide range of outcomes for the Spurs in this bubble. Um, just whether assuming the, the bubble does happen for the whole eight games, I think I could see them, just falling out of it completely right away or staying in it and, and, uh, and make a little bit of a run. Um, it, if it happens, it should be at least entertaining. One, one issue, and it's going to be an issue for everyone is there's no bad teams. Like by definition, you don't get just the dregs cause they weren't even invited. So everybody you're playing, like you don't have those just random nights where you can just beat up on Phoenix or something. Um, everyone you're playing is pretty good, either a playoff team or could be a playoff team. And that's for everybody. But that's kind of interesting too. It's going to be it's interesting to see who can make a run when the competition is probably higher than it would be on a normal eight game stretch of the NBA season as well. Okay, and I know it's been a long time since you've covered your your team there, but like what team? I forgot all about them. <laughs> the, the, team. The Spurs, the team that you used to cover, and and now do via Zoom. Um, they their big slip ups the past few years have been against bad teams. So maybe this will work out for them too. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe they'll be better off playing a better schedule. Only if the Iceman averages forty. We will see. Um, it had been mentioned to us that one thing to discuss in this long-awaited return to the Spurs Insider Podcast would just be, and I, I'm I'm always fascinated at how many people care about Jeff McDonald and what he does and how he does his job, but. How is this changing your job? And not, I'm not talking about you sitting at home for the past four months, but just covering the team the past week and, and moving forward in terms of how you're able to interview people and, uh, and just cover the, 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 the team that you are uh, assigned to cover. Well, it's partially um, related to sitting at home the past four weeks because you still don't leave the house, which means it's like saving a ton on gas driving out to the practice facility and everything. So that's one thing. Yeah. It's, just, it's interesting to that. I mean, for me, where I live, that to and from that that saves me an hour and a half a day. So that's that part's been nice. Just sort of. So your stuff uh, should be better then. No, no, not necessarily. I mean, come on, I'm hopeless. Okay. Um, but um, that part's been interesting. Just show up at your computer in your at your kitchen table at a prescribed time. But as far as yeah, like everybody's doing as best they can, you know, the PR staffs, you know, and the league is doing the best they can to make some media access uh, accessible to us. But yeah, it's not the same. Like you can't just sit there and have, you know, a 10 minute conversation with Lonnie Walker or Patty Mills or Derek White and get a really unique sort of angle or piece out of it. You're basically, you get five minutes before they run off to practice and you're on there with, a bunch of other people um, that normally probably wouldn't even have this sort of uh, access. And so you're just trying to get like squeeze a question in edgewise, or if you're lucky, two or three questions. Um, you're not, you don't really know who you're going to talk to until, until they 
present them to you that day. So if you decide I want to write about uh, Jakob Pertl today, you can't really do that because you, there's no guarantee that's going to be the guy they can get. So it really does limit sort of what you can write, how you can write it, how good it can be. I think just like the league, just like the teams, we're just trying to get through this, these bubble games, these COVID games as best as we can, just do the best we can do with the circumstances and the situation that is, um, you know, given us. And now you're the, uh, when it, when it started, when they were in San Antonio, they could at least see us. Now, now yeah. you're the disembodied voice above them with no, they, you can see them, but they can't see you. It's just, it's, it's awkward in so many ways, but like Jeff said, we're, we're trying to make do and hoping that it can all get back to something resembling normalcy, uh, hopefully by next season. Um, I mean, I'm a little tired of talking at my computer, so I'm, you know, I'm glad you guys invited me on a podcast today from my house. You aren't, you, you aren't supposed to disclose your locations, but... Um, no one knows which not. house. I have several. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, in, in terms of storylines before the season starts, there's still the, the, uh, the first game in the bubble is scheduled for July 31st. What, what can be accomplished or, or what is something that you're looking at in terms of, of what the Spurs can do these next couple of weeks? Is it just kind of staying healthy and, and not getting sick? Yeah, pretty much. And it's just fascinating to me that like, you know, it's like it's like training camp all over again, except in training camp in September, you're sort of methodically piecing things together, building up. And then you get to the start of the regular season, game one of 82. Nobody expects you to be firing on all cylinders then. And you spend months building up to this sort of playoff type intensity and sharpness. And here you're basically going to like have to go from zero to right in the middle of the playoff race. It's like People talk about stepping off the treadmill. It's the opposite. It's stepping right on the treadmill while it's running. And it's the same for all teams. So it's, it, well, all teams that are fighting for a spot. I don't think the, I think the Lakers can approach this. A team that's already knows it's going to be in there can approach these eight games in a different way than, than the Spurs have to. So it'll be interesting to see to me what they can do, if anything, to sort of be in any kind of, you know, position, shape, um, mindset to be able to just hit, hit a playoff run, run, hit a playoff chase running on on that note you know you mentioned about the the schedule and and you're always playing good teams now there could be a situation where you know a weekend of this thing you would rather play the lakers or the bucks than you would like the blazers or the pelicans absolutely because the lakers the lakers and the bucks have nothing to improve you know but by the by these last few seeding games they're kind of locked into their seed Whereas, you know, Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, teams like that, they're going to be all playing the, there. All the teams the Spurs are playing, some of them right. multiple times. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. There's, it's, it's a situation where um, you're just kind of, for the good of everybody, hoping that nothing bad happens to people. And that goes for soft t- tissue injuries uh, for guys who haven't been in the gym a lot over the past four months to, you know, the – coronavirus itself were for for both of you guys were either of you surprised that um that pop opted in and i know 71 years old he is part of the the at-risk group uh mike d'antoni's there alvin gentry's there uh rick carlisle's there everybody's kind of in but uh that that was up in the air yeah no you don't want to be the only coach that's opting out and it just doesn't really fit who greg popovich is i mean you go back to you know, what he used to say is that, he, you know, he'd retire when Duncan did, but he didn't do that. He 
he's the Olympic coach and it's just kind of who Greg Popovich is at this point. He's a basketball coach, right? I mean, that's yep. at the end of the day, that's Here, what he's always been going to be. Here's, here's something to consider if you want to go there. Um, the very last games of Greg Popovich's coaching career could come at Walt Disney World in front of no fans. Yeah. Yep, it's a distinct possibility. Um, that's and in in a way, I mean, that's that just kind of show. Like I wrote a few weeks ago, a gig's a gig, uh, and for these guys, you just go where where the game is. And um, you know, you mentioned towards the beginning of the podcast, Pop feels safe there. They are being tested every day. He probably will be safe. Um, but uh, it, it's one of the storylines that we'll be watching in the bubble. The, you know, the idea that this could be the end of Greg Popovich in the NBA. I, I kind of think that there's still a pretty decent possibility he could come back next year. I'm, I'm less, I'm leaning one way less than I was before all right. this. I, yeah, um, I think it's been such a cluster. You know what? That yeah, maybe you don't want to go out this way. If for no other reason than uh, the Olympics have been pushed back a year. Yeah. Um, and so if the Olympics aren't going to be till 2021, uh, he might as well keep coaching through that. Um, so this could have changed all that. Uh, we have a DeMar DeRozan uh, decision. We have Marcus Aldridge training back at home with Tim Duncan. Will he be back? All those things we can get to in future episodes of the Spurs Insider podcast again. Um, I guess it's nice to be back, kind of awkward, but like the, everybody else who just kind of get back into the swing of things, we'll be doing these, maybe one more before the season starts and getting back in a regular routine. Glad to have everybody back. Subscribe to that Spurs Nation newsletter. Come to expressnews.com. Read all of Ringo's food bank stories. They've been outstanding. And until then, what's the catchphrase again? Uh, take care of each other and keep it real.